welcome to another episode of Block Talk. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe or listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review while you're there. I am so excited to share that this episode is brought to you by our friends at Motto. Motto is the new no-nonsense hookup app for gay and queer people. You know, hookup apps, they've become a staple in queer culture, but they also come with bullshit. Headless torsos, blank profiles, catfishing, and endless scrolling of the grid for hours. We've all been there. But on Motto, every profile is verified by a real human and every photo has a face. Motto sends you daily matches of people who match your interests and kinks. There are no fees, no ads, and no nonsense. Get Motto today by going to tinyurl.com slash mottoblocktalk or visit the link in my link tree. Motto, gain queer hookups without the nonsense. And as always, follow me on Instagram, Threads, and TikTok at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter slash X at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterthenow.com for its news, reviews, and interviews. The Survivor auction is back and different than ever. The players got to spend cold hard cash on food while trying to save their asses with a new twist. So what did we think? It's time to talk all things Survivor 45, Pelican Pete's Private Island. And joining me is a snack I'd spend all my money on. Quentin Alice, how are you? Hi, Michael. How are you? I am doing great. Um, Listen... I, I know that you, when you get on the show, that you're going to be um, possibly taking over as my favorite Survivor twink. Um, you have stiff competition, though. I, I do. What stiff competition? Carson. Who? Carson. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. I know. But, you know, Carson's, you know, not on the show anymore. So that's true. That's true. And so I guess is- you're going to be everyone's official crush. I hope so. I mean, we don't have one this season, so I'm we just we saying. don't. I mean, we we kind we had Brando, not Brando, Emily Brando. It's an A, not an E. Um. <laughs> we had Brando. He was cute. Um, straight. Th- I mean, I guess we don't know anything. I mean, I guess Carson is too. But like, nobody sticks out to me the way that Carson does. You know what I mean? It's true. It's true. Listen. We can have an entire conversation about Carson, and I would be so happy to have one, but not today. Not today. We're talking about food. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> um, before we get into the food of it all, eight episodes in, how have you been feeling about Survivor 45? Do you want my honest opinion? I sure do. Okay. I do think that this is maybe one of the worst seasons of Survivor I have ever seen, maybe up until around where we are now. Uh, I am so, so, so disappointed because, and I know that Jeff Probst is too. He's been talking about it online and it's been like coming up on my TikTok and my Instagram and everything. I have never in my life seen so many people just like quit and especially the first episode i'm sure you talked at length about that but girl was like i want my elf bar i'm like girl it's 26 fucking days it's 26 fucking days imagine if you had done this 10 years ago when it was 40 like are you for real right are you for real i I agree and i i just think for me yeah go ahead go ahead oh and i just i think that 
you know, obviously I'm glad that they bring back returning players who like might've been eliminated early, i.e. Bruce, but you know, this Bruce is maybe one of my like least favorite players who's ever like come back and returned because he's playing it. Like he knows what he's doing and he was there for an hour. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's not the best character he, and he, it, it's his fault. It's no one else's fault, but his own. Oh, 100%. Um, but for me, I think one of the funny things is, is really the way that Jeff is attacking this Twitter situation. He let it happen. He's the executive producer. He had the choice to stop their choice, their torches. Don't say I'm never going to do it in the future. You allowed it to happen, sir. Oh, you know, I think that honestly, well, I, I mean, you know, I don't know about like the logistics behind why they were snuffing torches this year, but like, but I'm glad that they're not anymore because you, yeah. the tribe didn't speak anything. The tribe didn't say anything. You said, I'm out like right. loser, 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 loser behavior, in my opinion. Well, let's go through this episode. We have our first five back as they celebrate making the jury. Drew says that everyone is happy they made the jury, but eliminating Sifu was a bit tougher on the heartstrings. He felt bad for the guy. Do you believe him? Do I believe? I'm so sorry. I missed what you said about... Do you, do, do you believe Drew feeling bad for Sifu? I don't believe him. Not really, no. No, no. Kendra says it was hard to send home a wild card, but Drew says that he and Emily were in lockstep and she should be a core reliable ally he can trust for a few days. So we had our little um, teaser of how he was going to play the next vote. He says the downside of Tribal was giving Bruce a symbolic victory, letting him survive. And don't you worry, Bruce will remind you of it. Drew is ready to take it away from him when he has the opportunity. Now, there is a little anticipation to find out the fallout of the Second Tribal Council. They expect it to have been Caleb, and they are right. Jake is going to go through it, so let's begin. He wanted to push Wicked Had to keep Caleb there, as he trusted him, but says it was ridiculous to ask Katora to go to Rocks. And he is now aware of the fallout putting Julie's name down. He is still in the game, so he has to make something work and not be reckless. Big moves can happen if you're wicked smat about it. He was not. Um, I talked about it last week. I'm going to keep talking about it. Do you notice how every time Jake gets riled up, his Boston accent just gets bigger and louder? Oh, it is the funniest, cutest little thing. I absolutely love it. <laughs> I love it. Bruce will lecture Jake and say that Caleb was going home no matter what, and if he voted party lines, it would have been no harm, no foul. Bruce will be the one to call Jake a liability, as he puts his emotions out there. You can bro what you want, all you want, sir, but everyone's saying the same thing about you. Isn't it funny Bruce is calling out Jake for his own actions? Yeah, and he's been doing that to every single player. It's really tough to watch. <laughs> How would you handle Bruce out there? Uh, the, oh, I love that question. Um, I think that I would be very similar to Katora. I do not. I do not like. Um, I do not like that kind of behavior. I don't tolerate it very well. I think I would smile and be like, yeah, Bruce. And then behind his back, I'd be like, we got to get this fucker out of here. Yeah, absolutely. 
Time to make some adjustments. Jake wanted to make a move and not dogpile on Caleb. He says following the herd is not a move. He notes that 10 people are not all at the top, and why would you upset the status quo to better your position? He's sucking at Survivor right now. He then says, hopefully, he'll stop sucking. Said no gay person ever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's watch Jake try to retcon <laughs> with Julie. He will tell her that it was not personal and understands it puts them in odds now. Julie didn't expect her second vote from from Jake. He tells her it was more, can I get Caleb to stay more than can I get Julie to leave? And tells her he understands he lied to her face all day and then has the nerve to ask if he was convincing. Dude, bro, stop. Don't, why would he ask her, yo, was I convincing lying to you? Yeah, it's all so messy. And I also got to say that that episode in particular, I was feeling very anticlimactic. We had built up this crazy scenario that potentially it was going to go to rocks. And I was freaking out because I was like, shit, if we do end up going to rocks, then we've got an intense episode on our hands. But then, then it just ended up kind of being nothing. I think that it probably would have been better for everyone, in my opinion, to keep Caleb and get rid of Julie so that Caleb was always a bigger threat. That's that's sure. how I would have gone about the vote, personally. Julie will absolutely not work with Jake moving forward. He lied to her face and she believed him. She calls that scary. She tells him what are they going to do moving forward as he will work with her only until it comes against his people. Which is part of the game, but okay, if you're really that pressed about it, Julie, I get it. I understand. Mm-hmm. Lines have been drawn. It's old Bello versus old Reba. The game is fun until you see your name. Jake, you laugh now, but it's going to happen to you in just mere moments. Right. <laughs> the morning comes. The sun rises. And it just so happens the sorority sisters are left at camp alone. The girls have the majority. When was the last time that happened? I don't know. But if someone does, let me know. I'm not a statistician. I can't even keep facts straight. I don't even know what I had for breakfast this morning. <laughs> I didn't go to law school. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's six four women. And Dee says, maybe they should talk. Kendra says this could be the opportunity for six badass women to start talking and taking out some guys. Kendra thinks the guys are sitting out there thinking there are six girls. What do we do? Um, I can confirm they were not thinking about that. No, no, no. They will only think about them if you tell them that's what they should have been thinking about. They're just too silly to think about girls. Uh, what a disappointment. What are the bo- boys? What are the boys growing out about on the beach? Well, they're talking about tacos yes they were really good man now drew's gonna mention mushrooms on the tacos and i'm like that's a hard pass that i no, no no mushrooms on my taco i'm vegetarian so i am very used to a mushroom taco (laughs) that's fair that's fair i uh then bruce is gonna ask for sure (laughs) that's fair that's fair Bruce will ask mozzarella or cheddar. And I was like, who the fuck uses mozzarella on a taco? That, now that is an unhinged thing. That's unhinged. Now I have a really, really important question for you. And this is a very personal question. Um, fuck, Mary kill. Taco Bell, Chipotle, Moe's. 
I love this question. And I'm so happy you asked this question. So I have a great answer for you. It's uh, Taco Bell, Chipotle, and Moe's, you said? Mm-hmm. Okay. I would fuck Taco Bell because Taco Bell slaps when I need it to. I would absolutely kill Chipotle because I think Chipotle is so mid. And I would marry Moe's. I would marry Moe's in a heartbeat. And I know that that's a controversial opinion to a lot of people, but I fucking die for their little stack things. It's like a bigger Mm -hmm. version of a Crunchwrap Supreme. And you always get free chips. Welcome to Moe's. I love it. It's great. It's great. The vibes now, are all, the vibes are so high when you go to a Moe's. Now, I knew this was going to be your answer because you and I have spoken about Moe's before at length. And I was very excited to take you to Moe's one day until I found out the Moe's on 6th Avenue by Brian Park is closed forever and gone. I know. And they closed because of the pandemic. And it's such a huge, huge shame. It was one of my last meals before we went into lockdown, actually. <laughs> So we're going to find uh, a time we're going to go to Moe's together. It's going to be great. I will always have a soft place in it, in my heart for it. There is a Moe's at like a, um, at a, like a pit stop. Uh, what is that called? Like when you're on the highway and you got to like pull rest over. Stop. That's it. There's a Moe's at a rest stop in like up, like sort of upstate New York-ish, like maybe like uh, probably a 35, 40 minute drive north of Manhattan. There, there's a bunch in New Jersey, so we'll find the one in New Jersey. We'll okay, that's probably better. <laughs> yeah. Well, the girls know that they are not thinking about them, as Julie would like to make them think they're comfortable, as she would like to start picking them off as well. Julie would love a woman's alliance, but finds it hard, as she and Dee are still 100% strong with Drew and Austin. Dee notes that if Bruce smells anything, Gatorin knows it will be war. They have to blindside him, and it has to be the most shocking blindside where they'll they're in line with five and in love with him five minutes before mm-hmm. kelly will give us a very shocking kiss of death confessional here as she says taking out bruce is perfect for her because she is fed up oh, bruce wow. has been dragging her game down because he keeps telling people she's tied to him she says that bruce has been trying to control not just her but multiple other players she says you don't want to be living with someone who is inhibiting your gameplay in any way wow did not see the results coming after that little monologue. Absolutely, truly so devastating hearing you read that back because mm, I feel so bad for her. She was one of my mm-hmm. she was one of my contenders for final three. She Same. really was. She really was. I feel so disappointed for her. Yeah, Bruce Brewster. <laughs> <laughs> oh are we using bruce in a verb sense now oh we have to absolutely <laughs> oh my god well, a boat is going to become rushing to shore and everyone is confused and unsure why this boat is here they see some benches in a table are they doing something there is it a challenge katora is going to be our survivor historian for the day and she says she has a nice amount of survivor history and knowledge and has not seen a table like this she is thinking about prior seasons and whether there was a table and a boat and she's got nothing Hendra is going to be handed the note and she gets giddy and emotional who's ready for a blast from the past this survivor auction is back they cheers because the super fans know were you a fan of the survivor auction you know i loved it i don't think i ever thought of it as like my favorite thing but it is 
it is so it is so crazy that I didn't even realize over all the years that they just stopped doing it. Mm-hmm. So now that it's back, I'm like, oh yeah, this is awesome. And the new twists for how the auction is played, I am absolutely obsessed with. As a player, I would be so lit for that. Well, we'll we'll discuss them. But first, after the pile-on group hug, she says that the afternoon they will get a chance to bid on food items, but first they need money. Scattered in the jungle are 40 bamboo tubes filled with cash. They can only collect one at a time, then toss it in their basket before retrieving another go. The race is on first. What is your strategy to collect the bamboo? How would you go on your scavenger hunt? Oh, you're asking that to me? Oh, I mean, I just go yeah. I just go running. I certainly would not be doing what Sir Bruce was doing. <laughs> I now, would everyone else? I just would you I be looking off. up trees? On the ground, where where is where where would you like to search first? I mean, I would assume that it would probably be lower to the ground. I mean, you know, we've watched enough of the, you know, 45 seasons of the show at this point. You kind of know where things are. <laughs> now, we know favorite survivor twink Carson, like 3D printed puzzles and shit and was able to get an advantage of how to do them on the show. Has anybody like 3D printed a map of like all the beaches to figure out like where the specific hiding spots of all these items have been since we've been on Fiji for how many years now? Like at least 10, if not 15. Yeah. Um, Someone has to have figured out a map. What was the last um, place that they did before Fiji? I don't even remember. I can't even remember because I've been told it's only been Fiji for so long. It's been, I it's say been change Fiji it, but whatever. for so, so, so. I, I loved the the seasons where they did them in other countries. I really loved China. I think both of the Africa seasons are epic. I don't know if I'd mm-hmm. want to necessarily play in either of those places. I think Fiji is objectively the easiest place to play in. But there's something really interesting about those landlocked seasons, like uh, Token Chains and China and Gabon um, that I really love. Um, But um, I do sometimes go on Google Maps to circle back to your question. And I do know where all of the islands are. (laughs) Um, But I don't, I don't, I think it would be so cool if some nerd out there listening to the podcast could like make a 3D rendering of like what a survivor. There has to be, someone has to have figured out where everything is someone has to have it's really easy the the you know the that one like circular rock that's like at the edge of the beach that's like really big you can find that one so easy Mm -hmm. Um, oh interesting so easy now you you would mention like landlocked seasons i'm gonna throw out a option for you let's say survivor says you know we have to keep it closer to home Quentin, will you come and here's the location. It is going to be Survivor Ozarks. I'd be like, bring it on, baby. <laughs> bring it on, baby. I've got that I mean, that sounds like a fun challenge. Locked down. Um, oof. Um, as far as finding food, that could probably be tough, but... <laughs> 
a Walmart is a good 10 minute walk away, no matter where you are. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. When do you think they hid all these 40 bamboo sh- shoots? When? Yeah. Uh, when they were sleeping, while they were at tribal. I. So no one found them. Yeah, no, no one saw them. I, uh, my assumption on like a, like, is that they probably, they either probably did them at night right before they went to bed or like while they were sleeping or there's already so much production that has to go into like them shooting the boats coming in and then them shooting the like reading the message and all that stuff that it's possible they could have been having a part of production like hiding them while they were filming that scene so that it's like super fresh and nobody knows where they are yeah. 10 people go hide your shoes go and then they right. run away <laughs> into their magic well everyone seems to be hustling except for bruce and bruce is dilly-dallying getting his shoes on what did you make of this? Did did he not expect a twist? I, I I just think that I just think that Bruce is an egotistical player who thinks that because he's been on it for an hour that he knows what he's fucking doing. And I I'm so sorry, I keep swearing, but I You am, can do it. Go I am it. so, so, so embarrassed for Bruce. I just was like, you know what? Why don't you continue to dig your own grave and prove that you are actually a terrible player at this game yeah (laughs) he tells us that he is old as hell and wants to use his senior intuition to find some okay great uh making old people look bad austin literally this option (laughs) will like be like no other before as they will all have different spending amounts what is your feeling on that and do you think the game of chance where they all have to push themselves to get as many as they can is better than being like all right you all have five hundred dollars use it wisely I love this twist so much. I think it's such an excellent twist. And uh, I think I think it is way more fun. I think it's way more fun yeah, because I do it adds it adds an element of like urgency to the auction that maybe people didn't have in previous uh games. Um but uh um and i love how it turned out um mm-hmm. um i will t- i guess we'll talk about all that other stuff later but uh, uh, from a from a from the standpoint of actual gameplay awesome i really think that that's a great twist bruce is trying to take the silly goose title away from jay this season but as long as my girl katora notices how dumb bruce and his empty basket are i'm good utter joy and amazement i was here for it bruce is losing his mind as he can't see anything everyone is running by him as he royally struck out also drew just standing in the woods being like what the heck about bruce and the hard work from his generation got me very very funny there are times when i'm like okay drew you're 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 on point right no absolutely he's he's not wrong it's it's so it's so annoying to see someone who's like oh my older generation works so hard and yet like all he does is bark orders literally bruce isn't stopping neither is anyone else everyone keeps grabbing them as finally he gets one d sees him walk and she's like run that's why you're not buying anything it's not a vacation now the hunt is over all 40 have been recovered how long did that take 10 minutes five minutes a half hour 
I would say that that probably took somewhere between a half hour and 45 minutes. Yeah. How do you think they knew that there were none left? I mean, surely like someone on production was counting. I mean, I can't count, so that wouldn't be my responsibility, but someone must have been like behind the table being like, okay, we're, we're figuring out. Everyone knows where they are. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. There's no way they weren't counting. There's no way. There wasn't someone who was just standing there like 15, 20, 30, you know, two left. <laughs> we will talk about their prices later, but as they noticed that each bamboo has different amounts, I loved it. Right. Do you think that each tube is filled with a different dollar amount? Oh, or, every or how, how how do you think they they delineated like where those would be? Oh, I'm sure it was just completely random. I'm sure it was completely random. And yeah, it's very obvious that all of the tubes have different amounts in them. And you like that rather than oh. all of them having diff having the same amount. No, I think that that's great because again, that adds to a level of chance. Let's say that. Let's say that Bruce actually decided to, you know, get his head out of his ass and actually play. And he did only end up with one. He still ended up with $80. You know what I mean? Like, right. or he could have been the I, I would have loved to know how much was like the most, like which bamboo had the most in it. Like, was it like $100, $200, 40 But those were also real 20s. And we're going to get this count, this montage of the contestant counting bills. I would have been very tempted to just pocket the money knowing how poor I am right now in life. Do you think that cash money came from Jeff's personal bank account? Um, probably not. <laughs> probably not. Viacom, here's your credit card. Probably that. Right, the probably Survivor that auction is from, um, that probably came from uh, you know Mr. Moonves, uh, Mr. Moonves's bank account. <laughs> Maybe Kelly is excited. She just hopes there isn't a catch. But come on, there's always a catch on Survivor. Always. We head to the beach where we get a montage and see baby Jeff Probes welcoming a plethora of alum in their own Survivor auctions. From Spencer to Tom to Stephanie and Karen to Troyzan and Kim, we get Shambo and the infamous fruit bat soup to peanut butter licking off a finger. The good times are back, baby. Were there any faces that you're like, oh my God, I love them. Maybe they should come back for another season. Oh, I honestly was just so like, overwhelmed by seeing all of them that I didn't even think about that but of course I want to see people come back <laughs> mm -hmm. Jeff welcomes the class in as the joy is in their faces also I want to note that the seating risers I don't know who decides wh who sits where but D sat in the shade and I was like that was the best spot to sit in I know if you're going to be so sitting out there for a long time sit in the shade mm-hmm Jeff tells us the last time they did this was during the 30th season on Survivor Worlds Apart in 2015, and then tells the kids and us that they have updated the auction in three ways, okay? He said three ways. First was the money. Second, there are no advantages. Third, they have prepared 15 items. Only the first five are guaranteed, and when they go between 6 and 15, that number will be determined by Jeff, who will draw a random number. He will know the number, they will not, we will not, which means the auction will end without warning. So why do they care? Well, sir, you said there were three changes. There's actually four, because 
At the end of the auction, whoever has the most money left loses their vote at the next tribal council. So whoever has the most money has the most buying power and theoretically the most risk. Talk to me about all these changes and updates and twists. What did you think? Um, the first twist of finding the money is such a fun, exciting as a player. Uh, I cannot imagine how thrilling that had to have been to like go out and search and be like excited to see how much money you actually get. Um, plus, you know, they didn't know about the the monetary advantages, which I do think is going to be interesting for future seasons. Um, like, yes. you know, we all know that that's how it works now. So what are the odds that people are going to start playing like Bruce did? where they don't actually get a lot of um a lot of like tubes for money because they don't want to be at a disadvantage with the most um it's a great coming back twist but i wonder how they'll maintain that in future seasons the Agreed. second one being the uh, the no advantages only. Mm -hmm. um i actually don't mind that i don't mind that because um there have been so many advantages and twists and turns already built into the game as Agreed. of late that it's i think that it's really okay to not <laughs> have uh the advantage i really think it's okay um the what was the third one um between six and fifteen oh I also think that that is a really interesting advantage uh, or a really interesting twist because that forces the player's hands to spend money. You know what I mean? It's not like where mm -hmm. I feel like some people might have left the auctions in years past still with money to spend. Um, now there's like incentive to like get this shit done, buy the thing now, you know? Um, and then, and then the fourth the one, vote. the losing, the, the, the vote losing is really epic. Again, another thing that like encourages players to actually play the game. Um, but how it turned out for this episode was like the biggest dud I've ever experienced. Like, right. Like, such a waste. I'm going to say right now in the moment, I was like, okay, this is a cool twist. Mm -hmm. And then we got to the next time on Survivor and I'm like, okay, you can't do this multiple times in a row. You can't just have a, a challenge and fate lose out on votes. That's where my limit is. But we'll get to that at the end of this episode. Mm -hmm. Here's a breakdown of the money, how they started. Austin, $700. Bruce, $80. D, $900. Drew has Five twenty. Emily five hundred. Jake has three hundred forty dollars. Julie has four twenty. Katora has four hundred eighty. Kelly is seven hundred, and Kendra is at three sixty. And my bank account's like, I'll take eighty dollars. That would've been fine for me. <laughs> Jeff is going to call out Bruce for what happened, and Bruce says, "Slow and steady wins the race, but the chicken was picked clean." Jeff confirms he only got one tube, and yeah, don't do that, future Survivor players, because Jeff's not happy about this. Mm-hmm. Jeff is about to draw a number, and he will not even show us the number, which is so mean. Why can't we be in on it, too? I was so I was like, I want to be in on this so bad, but it also 
it also kept me on my toes. Now, what is the number one item that would make you go all in? Doesn't have to be one of the ones that we're about to see, but what do you want in your belly? Oh, like, oh, I would love, if I was picking on one of the, the stuff that I saw in this episode, I would absolutely 100% go with Emily's. Like, she was so, 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 so anxious she was going to get something bad. And then she got all fucking charcuterie board and a glass of wine. I'd have been thrilled. I'd have been thrilled. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's go through it. Item number one will be uncovered. It is pretzels and beer. Kendra will offer 100, 200 a day, 300 a day. Kendra is going all in at 360. Would you go that hard for beer and pretzels? Um, I think if I, if, if it was my first time, no, no. Um, considering the stakes in this auction, I understand why she went so hard. Mm -hmm. Um, because she was like, let me just get this done with, but no, I would definitely wait an item or two. I agree. Um, I, and we'll talk about later on what she will say and how she may have broken this version of the game. Um, which you alluded to or alluded to earlier, but that's fine. Kendra will say that this beer is for her dad, and more on that soon. Item number two: fries and a soft drink. Out of the gate, Emily goes two hundred. Kelly raises to twenty. Emily to three hundred. Kelly to four hundred. Emily to four forty. Kelly at five hundred. It is hers. She gets something to eat and is safe with her vote. She will give them a taste, and Emily is like, "No." Those fries, they look more like 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 the steakhouse fries, the big fat thick thick fries. And I prefer McDonald's fries. If it was McDonald's fries, oh my god, I would be like, yes, please. I also just kept sitting there going, how hot are those fries? Like lukewarm. <laughs> like like you 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 like you gotta imagine that somebody probably did put them into like an oven or an air fryer or something but then they had to transport it all the way out to wherever right. they are those those fries now, are i believe jeff did come out and say that everything is fresh and hot i don't believe it for this challenge maybe there is like a swap -rui, like a convention oven like somewhere in the woods somewhere i don't know Probably. but if I'm picking between fries and a soft drink or beer and pretzels, I think I'm going to pick beer and pretzels. <laughs> yeah. Well, item number three is covered. Never a good sign, always a gamble. 60 to Katora, 200 to Jake. Katora goes to 320. Emily pops into 360. Katora will jump at 420. Emily goes to 440. It's Emily's. She will win and says it's something edible, so it will be good. Will it be a good edible or a bad edible? She is afraid it's bat soup. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, that's why we saw the shambo and the bat soup of it all. I didn't really remember the bat soup because there's a lot of other things I remember from that season. But unveiled <laughs> will be a charcuterie board and wine and a beautiful one at that. I was like, that for me is worth it. Absolutely. 100%. That's what I'm craving on a daily basis. It must have been that good for her that she's even going to twerk. Who is she? Who is she? But she also, before she twerked, she fell to the ground in tears. She did. And I she was did. like, 
I feel for you, girl, because honestly, Emily is the player that I think I'm rooting for the most, especially with her character arc. Interesting, and interesting. With, with how she started the season to where she's going, I think she's done the best at like growing as a person on this show. So I am I'm definitely team Emily. I want to see her be justified and vindicated for having bad first couple of weeks <laughs> now she will walk away with her charcuterie board and wine but also 60 dollars she still has mm-hmm. could have been a bad thing but it is a hot day in fiji and what would be better than number four a chocolate milkshake listen i don't know how long it was sitting out there i would not want it i personally would pass but who won't pass his team she's gonna buy a 900 dollars milkshake So let's talk about the strategy. It was quite brilliant. She knew that there was only one or two guaranteed items left. And the way the games work, the game works, one of them would probably be a bad item. So to ensure she had her vote, she had food, she went all in. And a way that also would prevent anyone else from stopping her. She would, she'll have her shake. And I'm like, that's probably a lot of dairy for your tummy that's had no dairy thus far in what, 16 days? I, as disgusting as it is, think about that element about of Survivor quite often. Um, and I would, I literally, if I was D in that situation, I would have been like, I have just made a $900 gastrointestinal mistake. Like yeah. <laughs> my stomach would be screaming at me and it now, would oh, it'd be so horrible. I couldn't imagine. I don't know how they made it. If it was by hand with a blender, I don't know. But mm-hmm. the chocolate didn't really seem like it was mixed into it. It just looked like it was congealed to the side of the glass. Yeah. It was it not appetizing. Not, it did not look appetizing at all. And I think that I would have taken, I would have been a $900 sip for me yeah item number five is covered we have katora at 200 julie will offer 380 katora will say 480 she spends it all and it's time the decision is here do you want to take the covered item or trade it for another covered item she is told to go with her gut but she ain't got no gut it's empty well she's gonna go with her first one i personally would never go with number one because I know how the show goes. Yep. Because yes. she just bought herself two giant fish eyes. Exactly. Because you know how the show, if they are only going to do five guaranteed like items, right? You know that this one, if they've all been pretty good at this point, is going to be bad. So if Jeff pulls out another thing, that one's probably going to be better than the other one. Because one of the first yep. five has to be bad. Correct. Would <laughs> you have eaten those fish eyes on an empty stomach? Absolutely no. Fuck no. No way. No chance in hell. Absolutely not happening. And the way that Drew was like, oh, it's like sushi. I would have punched him in the face. I'd be like, fuck you, man. No. No. Ew. And also, why? What? what? Oh, God. Fish eyes. She will taste. I would have she rather pass. Yeah, she will not eat it. So Jeff will put it up for bid and Austin will take it for $100. Do you think he's had fish eyes before or was it really a went on survivor moment? Oh, it was a went on survivor moment. (laughs) All I know is he ate it like it was an apple and the sound department went 
ham on the sound effect. Oh, the Foley God. work was a bit extreme. It was so icky and squishy and hard fucking pass for me. Mm-mm-mm. Big pass. And then when Jake was like, oh, oh, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I was like, I'm yeah. with you. Um, I'm good. He has $600 left and he will take it with him. Will he eat it? Well, he won't pay attention because gross nasty um, to the max. So those are our five items, technically six. From this point forward, any item can be the last item. Here is the tally at the moment. Austin at $600, Drew at $520, Julie at $420, Jake at $340, Kelly at $200, Bruce at $80, and Emily at $60. So the item that Katora did not swap for is item number six. Kelly goes at $200, Drew goes in at $520, it's his. So what did Katora pass on? Will it be a meal? Because Drew's like, oh, it's got to be a meal. We've had a lot of appetizers. No, no, it's not. It's a bowl of chocolate. Drew wanted carbs as the candy will be coming out, he says. I'm assuming he means out of his butthole. I mean, food is food, but kind of like that <laughs> chocolate milk. Not uh, gonna do well. I'd have been so disappointed too, but I would rather have a bowl of candy than fish eyes. I'll tell you that right now. Now, Drew the nerd will be like, I am open for a negotiation if you had one in mind. And Jeff is like, put on a dunce cap and go sit back down. No negotiations. <laughs> um, he's, and he's like, I'll do later that later, mofo. You're not going to like it. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Jeff is in a mood today. Oh, Jeff. I think that Jeff has particularly had it with this batch, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Item heard- number seven has arrived. Yeah, go ahead. I've heard rumors that it starts getting really good from now on, and I'm just really hoping that that's the case. (laughs) Me too, me too. Item 7 has arrived, and it's a slice of Fijian pizza. Now, based on what previous players have said, I would have passed, but here's how it goes. Jake tries, Julie tries, but Austin swoops in and takes it for 600, and he has his vote. Now Julie is at the top at 420, and that could have been the last item but it's not. No, no. Item number eight is not food, but a toothbrush, toothpaste, and mouthwash. And Julie's like, mine, I don't care if it's not food, but I'm going to smell good. She is all in with her money, clean mouth, empty wallet, and she gets to keep her vote. We will find out there is an item number nine. So let's go. The item will be bought by one person and shared by three, which means get those dirty hands hands ready and dive into chocolate cake mountain jake goes all in saves his vote and will select julie as she is clean mouth and he kind of didn't want to select bruce but he kind of had to select bruce because bruce was the only one to answer his question because you could tell he's like i don't want to pick you but he Uh did i don't think i would have personally i would have brought tora over (laughs) right now the timer is flipped they go in is this disgusting? Because I've always said the whole eating chocolate cake with your hands after being on an island and never really washing them is gross to me. So here's how I think of it. Yes, I definitely think it's disgusting. Um, Like 100%. If I was in this situation, I would grab a scoopful and I would only like the like top half and I'd leave like, a layer in between my hand <laughs> and my food. <laughs> and that's the bacteria layer I can like toss and grab a new bite or whatever. That's yeah. how I would do it because I wouldn't be licking my hands. I would not be licking my no, hands. No, no, no way. No, not, not at all. Hmm. 
Is Kelly about to lose her vote? Will there be another item? Well, Kelly is lucky for now. There is another item, and she's going all in to get her wish. It's a margarita with a peanut butter jelly sandwich and potato chip. Um, first off, those do not go together. Um, but Emily, strangest combo I've ever heard of. <laughs> Emily predicted the margarita. Is it possible it was like milk, but they heard them talk about margaritas? They're like, switch it up. Oh, I have. N I don't know. I don't think so. Where do you? Where like? Where do you get like a bottle of tequila that fast in Fiji? <laughs> because they had fifteen items available. They probably could have switched it up, knowing that there wasn't going to be any more after this one. Mm, maybe, maybe I have no idea. Conspiracy theory unlocked. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> tequila gate. Um, <laughs> tequila gate. Uh. She says, I'm going to play the lottery now. Girl, I wouldn't maybe after that tribal, but we'll get to it. Sorry. We're down to two. Emily at 60. Bruce at 80. What will happen? Well, Bruce, you should have run for more bamboo. The auction is over. Bruce is going to lose his vote. I want to ask you a practical question here. Mm -hmm. Let's say there were actually all 15. The next two, like, spend their money. How does it work from there? Well, I was thinking about that too. Um, at this point, at this point, I think you just start like at this point, you just start bidding small. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? At that point, who is left? It was Bruce and Emily, Bruce and Emily and Bruce had 80 and Emily had 60. So if there had been another, I think that I think that you're right this actually does leave a very interesting like like plot hole if you will in the way that the game works because nine items was it that worked out perfectly but if there were 10 then bruce has the opportunity to outbid emily and then emily is the only person let, let's say that 11 items happened to be picked then emily goes all in do they all get another batch of money like right. What ends up like what who ends shows up their tits first? I don't know. <laughs> they probably what I think that they should probably do in future seasons to make it um more like more advantageous if there's more, you know, if for whatever reason 15 items, all 15 items get to be selected. You can't go all in on an item, period. Mm -hmm. That's that's I that's how that's... I think. I think that will probably have to be a change. Obviously, this way was it worked for now, but you're right. I think that we have a plot hole and it needs to be discussed how to fix it. But we'll see. We'll figure it out. Um, I guess whatever they didn't finish, they don't even get to eat. Like, I, I thought mean, that was mean. If, if, if I if, also, though, would have finished that charcuterie board in a sitting because I have practice. I do that on the regular whenever I have a charcuterie board in front of me. So Emily left a lot there. She left a lot there. I was very disappointed in her. I would have yeah. I would have downed that glass of wine, unfortunately, because I Literally. have no self-control when it comes to a Chardonnay. <laughs> Bruce knows he's in a position of vulnerability as he could be a target, but lucky him, he's got immunity idol to protect him. Will he need Ooh. to use it? Time will tell. 
Uh. All right, everyone is back at camp and they are feeling on cloud nine for doing the auction. Kendra says that the survivor auction was a dream come true for her as she believes she won the strategy of the auction. She says you could have put a bowl of worms in front of her and she would have still bid first off the map. So did Kendra break the new and improved survivor auction? And will we see a bowl of worms come out first next season? I bet they will. I'm going to say, yes, we will see a bowl of worms next season, and we will probably see a rule implemented that they cannot go all in on the first five items. Yeah. There you go. That's That's how you fix it. That's how you fix it. That's how you fix it. Because then if they only pick six, then everyone's going to be gunning for whatever that is. And that'll definitely make things more interesting. I love it. I'm here for it. I should Kendra will talk about the beer. <laughs> you should be. You should be. Listen, we're going to be on together and we're going to have a great alliance. It's going to be great. It's going to be so good. I did send in my... I'm going to be sad that I'm going to beat you, but it's going to be great. That's... I don't know about that, Michael. Maybe we'll make it to... No, you probably would win. Are you kidding me? Look at that. <laughs> Look at that face. No one is going to vote me over you. You're winning every time. It's going to happen. That is so goofy. Kendra's going to talk about the beer because it's time to look and learn about Kendra's backstory and I was terrified we were about to lose my girl she shares with the class that she met her dad when she was 18 a tall blonde football American guy who just loves beer and is a big inspiration for her being out there the beer was fuel for Kendra in the game she shares that she grew up with her mom and her adopted dad and grew up thinking he was her dad and no one told her he wasn't her biological father she eventually found out that her biological father was out there she got his contact information from her aunt called him her father picked up and says i've been waiting for this phone call for 18 years they talked for three hours laughed cried had the most amazing relationship now she said the beer hit her as we will watch her hit things in a survivor montage and i was like you're really trying to make us think she's leaving you know what? I actually didn't. I, I under. I totally understand why you feel that way, and why, like, obviously, the minute that we start to hear about somebody's backstory, it's 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 always eyebrow raising, um, because I'm like, oh my god, is this person leaving? Because you know that's how they edit those things. I actually have a feeling that Kendra is going to make it way farther in the game than a lot of us predict. And um, I think that this was just story building for her character arc in the game. Um, I think Absolutely. that's such a unique story too, um, because uh, how many like how it's it's certainly more rare, but it is common for people to be in these situations where they don't know their actual biological parents and meeting mm-hmm. them being such an epic reunion especially if it's good and good for kendra and having a great relationship with her father i think that's really beautiful absolutely she knows that her biological father will be proud of her watching her on the show as she's out there and tells the kids that 18 years without him they have the rest of their lives together how sweet beautiful sweet beautiful let's shift over to strategy where emily will lead us off about the discussion of the women's alliance she says conceptually it's great but she has great relationships with drew and austin in a deeper way than she has with the women 
So Emily will take the moment to snitch on the women and tell Drew about the rumblings of said alliance. But she tells him not to tell anyone. Now she won't say names, but he doesn't believe it would hold long. She then says that everyone likes Drew, so he's not a target. It's Jake and Bruce. Drew says that girls think they're very sneaky that will get them to the end, but he thinks that all girl alliance is porous as it gets. He will use them and says it will be a convenient way to flush Bruce's idol and get Bruce out. Drew wants Bruce targeted and Bella weak, and so his plan is to build a relationship with the women, especially with Katora, so she does yeah, she doesn't like Bruce. All right. Emily being the snitch. <laughs> what did you make of that? So <laughs> to readjust, I'm feeling things. Um I don't disagree with Emily for talking to Drew about this because she has been working closely with Drew and Austin. However, the fact that it wasn't compartmentalized in her mind is kind of dis- like is kind of like frustrating to me. I was thinking about it while we've been talking and I think that the last time that all women made it to like final four or final five was um uh heroes versus villains when Parvati won uh season mm-hmm. 20 or something about that. Um and oh wait, was that the one? No, no, no. Because no, we had Russell there. Uh oh fuck, you're right. Russell made it to the end. It was So whatever, I guess whatever. one the, world would have been the one of the last moments where that happened. I, I think the final so, three right. was women. Right, you're right. And I think that I think I think that there's something to be said that they have the numbers, but now but I think that she could have absolutely used Drew to her advantage, certainly. Like, because together, all six of the women and them make final eight if they get rid of if they get rid of Bruce and Jake. But Jake. now, but you know, with the way things turn out, it not not so much. I, I just think that I just I think it was not think- a bad idea. I just think that. I just if, think that I think what you're talking about is brilliant because I think for her position, if she stayed with the women's alliance but also had Drew and Austin, she's in the majority of both. Yes, exactly. Whatever direction she wants to go is fine. But now they know she is the swing vote. She's going to be a target. She's an easy target. Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, especially when Bruce still has an idol. And he can mm-hmm. put her name down. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to watch her spill the beans to Julie, Drew, and Austin that from the OG Bella days, Bruce and Jake are thick as thieves. Austin says that previous vote pro- proved a trust with her. So Austin tells her if she has a target or anything, they can talk through it. Now, Katora has a target. 100%. She's ready. But she wants to know what they want. Katora will say that she is down with whatever they say, but Drew is like, how about, as a sign of trust, since we don't really know each other, we follow your lead. So now she's going to throw out the obvious of Bruce, but Jake as a backup. 
So Katora isn't necessarily going against an alliance of the women. She's still targeting the men. Mm-hmm. And this target she's had the entire time. Katora mm-hmm. tells us that there isn't a single one of them that doesn't know she dislikes Bruce and has said that he has gone too far for the game. She feels like she laid out the groundwork to help support her getting out, Bruce. She's ecstatic and freaking out. It's exactly what she was praying for. Do you think with Katora going to the old Reba and having worked with them in the previous vote, she's put herself in a good position? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, yeah, I think so. I think so, because, I mean, everybody has mentioned how much they don't like Bruce. I feel like Bruce is an obvious, easy target. So let's head to the Windy Beach. We have an endurance challenge in our hands. Dee and Kelly will have to pass off their immunity necklace for this challenge. They will have to hold on to a rope that is attached to a log containing one third of their pregame body weight. At regular intervals, they will move one knot. Not lower in the rope, making it even more difficult. When they drop and destroy Pelican Pete, they are out. Last person standing wins immunity. How would you do in this challenge? I think I would do pretty decently. I have a lot of upper body strength. I've been playing mm-hmm. piano my whole life, so I've got a lot of like finger dexterity. Um, so I actually think I would do pretty okay at this challenge. Um, do I think I would be able to win that one? I was thinking about it and I wasn't really sure. Like a third of my body weight right now is, let me. The math is mathing. The math is mathing at about, uh, it does like, it would be like. At like six fifty something. Okay. Um, but when you have to hold it straight, you know you're having to hold your arm straight. Uh, and especially since you can only use one arm, I think it's great that they allowed them to alternate arms. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I do pretty decently though. I don't think I don't think I would win this one though. To be quite honest, I'm with I'm on the same boat with you. I think I would do decent, mm-hmm. which would inform the next step since the theme of the episode is all about food jeff is ready to take up drew's proposition he's ready to negotiate he will take out a bag of rice hang it up next to a basket he will tell them that their hunger will be back but they need this offer and it may not be back four people need to sit out and give up their shot at immunity d's going to sit out emily's will sit out katora will go to the group and be like they all agree we need to do this and we'll respect the people who sit out and just like okay fine let me help you out with your decision slices a hole in the bottom of the bag. Why is Jeff grumpy? I think that this is a brilliant move. I think this you is loved a it. You're a masochist. I love it. I love it because how many times have we watched in a season people hem and haw and hem and haw and hem and haw about who like fucking put the pressure on them. You have like someone's got to make a move like right here right now. If we want to eat for the rest of the time we're on here, let's fucking go. The way it was coming out, it wasn't like a little drippity droppity. It was like out. It was a lot of rice. And I think that that just puts the pressure on. That makes people play the game less wishy-washy, you know? Like, it's like you have to, because the 
I feel like we've seen a lot of very wishy-washy players this season. And so I think, I think you, you might be right. I think Jeff might be a little bit grumpy. So he's putting up, he's turning up the gas on them a little bit to like turn this season into something a little bit better than how it started, you know? Drew will jump out and say he will sit and get heated to get someone else out. It's really spilling out. Katora will say the day the bag went from full to pretty close to less than half quite quickly. So you're saying you would have jumped out. You would have taken one for the team. Oh, I absolutely would have taken one for the team. If I saw that happen, I would, I would have too, based on the challenge. Based I on the have challenge. Won. And also, you know, if, if, you know, for instance, I'm putting myself in the slots of people who are in the game right now of like, I'd probably be, probably be someone like a drew or a jake in this situation i think i would have i would have jumped i would have jumped because i know that i know that i would be safe at this point everyone grabs the rope the challenge is on once the race is gone you could see the struggle start and jake is yelled at for straight arm don't be comfortable no comfortability on drag grace or survivor the first section will last five minutes and so far so good mind over matter it's time to transfer to the next section, moving down to the next nine. So we we do see that they are able to switch hands a little bit. Um, I guess it's a matter of how you start. Which do you start with, your non-dominant hand or your dominant hand? Because there, there was a lot of shots where we saw people using their left hand. I'm like, there's not that many lefties out there. Um, this is actually interesting. So um, I... Uh, as like someone who's been like working as a server and a bartender for a really long time one of the things that you are first like taught when coming when it comes to like carrying drinks in particular Mm -hmm. is that you should use your non-dominant hand to hold the drinks and use your dominant hand to serve the drinks because that your dominant hand can come in and save the day in the event that you you slip or you spill or something Using your non-dominant hand is going to cause potential for more um, accidents, Um, which is, you know, kind of strange. But all that to say that because of all of the strength that I have built in my non-dominant hand, because of having to carry drinks from tables left and right all the time, it is so easy for me. I would 100% start with my non-dominant hand and then I would use my dominant hand for... Like the in between, my left hand, my left arm is objectively more strong than my right arm is, and my right arm right. is used for. You figured else. out your strategy. I'm here for it. I love it. It's time for the next round, and everyone is feeling it. Will this round knock anyone out? Well, Jeff is impressed. We are going to move down on the rope as 15 minutes are in. The transfer will knock out Kelly. She is out. We are down to five. Then Kendra. She is out. Four are left. It's two Bella, two Reba battling for immunity. Where time is at the final section, they have no knot to hold on to, just the rope. No wrapping. Once again, Jake is yelled at. They really were calling <laughs> out Jake this episode, weren't they? Yeah, well, he. I mean, he was, he was, I mean, he was trying to do his best, but, you know, I don't think that the rules were very clear on yeah. that element. Austin tries to hang in. He is shaking. Jake the shake. He's trying to pull back. It's not good enough for Austin. Down to three. Then Jake falls. It's a battle between the two oldest players, Julian Bruce. Who would have thought? I thought that was kind of an epic turnout. And my God, I do too. Never rooted for Julie Harder. 
And because we can't have nice things, Mama J will drop Bruce Wynn's immunity and um, no one will hear the end of that. Mm-hmm. It's We're going to... Bruce's ego is going to get 10 times bigger than it already is. <laughs> They're going to attempt to humanize Bruce in this moment as he says that being in yellow was for his daughter. It was fate. Who knows? And Katora's just like, you've got to be kidding me. I know. I would have been like Katora too. I would have been like, oh, big eye roll. It's time to scramble with Bruce out of contention. Who will the target shift to? Well, Bruce was solid as a rock and they will all give him his flowers, though that confessional, I was like, "Mm -mm, girl, just drop the fucking smug. No, though. I do wish Kendra could have smacked him in the face. She was ready to do it. Literally. She says it's a horrible thing. They had their chance to strike, but now he has another day and still has an idol. So it's not a bad day to be Bruce. Kelly says that Bruce is her ball and chain. He's going to be there forever. And damn, this must have been such a hard episode for her to watch back. Mm-hmm. She says that she doesn't think he knows how absurd it is that he's still there. And now he is merely a spectator at this tribal. So Kendra and Kelly will chat with Emily, who they call the most logical. What are their options? Well, she will deflect and say, am I really the most logical? Because she does not want to answer. She says the target is shifted to Jake, but Bruce could still play his idol for him. So not every single vote is going to work. Every single vote will matter here. She will tell the girls that it is very likely that Jake goes home, but floats that someone else will get votes in case Bruce gives him the idol. Do you think this was her subtle way of warning the girls that it's going to be one of you figure out your next move? You've been warned. Potentially. Yeah. Well, Kelly will say something silly she didn't realize she was saying and says that it would be her as they all think she's close to Bruce. Kelly, don't say that. Don't Don't say things out loud. You're manifesting it. Literally. She says that Bruce just follows her around. Cut to Bruce following Kelly and telling her that she is his number one. And also like barking orders at her. Now, here, here's the thing that I can't get past. Maybe there was more of a scramble that we didn't see. I don't know. Bruce is saying that Kelly's is number one. What is he doing to save her ass? Exactly. Fuck all. He's doing fuck all. That's what. That's what. Because he doesn't actually give a shit about anybody else in the game but himself. He is playing such a piss poor game. I just got so heated. I just got so heated. Jake? Jake? Put his entire game on the line for Caleb. Literally. And Bruce can't even do it for Kelly? No, because Bruce is a selfish player. Ugh. Now with Julie, we have Kendra being asked who the backup is, and she's trying to rack her brain, and Emily's like, no one wants to be the first person to throw out a name so they can just convince Jake that something's not up so he won't play a shot in the dark. Now with Bruce and Jake, essentially safe. Kelly is worried that she might be the last resort contingency vote. They could ricochet her the vote onto her as she is seen as part of that group. So Emily and Kelly will talk to Jake. What are his thoughts? Don't go home. Well, that wasn't helpful, kid. Of course not. That's the plan for everybody. So does he have anyone who wants to go home? No, but do you? He thought they had an idea. No. Why would he? they have an idea for you if you're the target, kid? No. They're baiting him. They want him to trip up, and he's not going to play into that game. He will tell them that he has to pull put his foot off the gas. Emily says that their concern is that if he does want to do something, they need his vote and he can't play a shot in the dark. Is he down to make a move? He's down for not, not me. 
so Jake not being very committal to anything, what would you do if you were one of the Bella ladies? Which ones are the Bella ladies again? Kelly, Kendra, and Katora. Kelly, Kendra, and Katora. Um, I don't know, because they were clearly trying to bait him into giving a name, right? And so I think that, I don't know. I really don't. I think that I think that Jake played that the best that he could. Um, sure. as, far, as far as they're concerned, though, I don't I mean, I don't know. Like it, the possibility of playing that shot in the dark is there and evident. It's just it, it it's it's not they're not wrong, though. It, like Kelly is. I don't know. I don't know. It's complicated. What would you do? Jake knows he's the backup to Bruce as he failed his last tribal. He, if he's going out, he's going out swinging. So he's going to go on an idol hunt. Do you think it exists out there? No. I don't think so either because everyone currently has an idol, right? right? All right. So the girls know he's idol hunting. So Katora will volunteer his tribute to talk to him and go babysit. Drew knows he's desperate. So he finds if he finds it, they do have to split the votes between somebody and Jake. Jake will talk to Bruce, who asks him to be honest about any shot that Bruce would give it to him, and Bruce will Bruce and say, he'll gauge the room and just laugh. What a meanie. Again, if this is one of your allies, you got to be a little more committal. Mm-hmm. I agree. Now, Drew says the vote was going to come down to a dog pile on Jake, but that would be a risk, so he has a plan. Avoid the Jake question. In a circle between the Reba 4 and Emily, he shares that they can get Kelly out. They can keep Jake around so they can split the vote next and flush Bruce's idol out next time. Austin will note that Kelly has a lot of power, and we know that Austin would secretly love to get her out so he would have even more fucking power with the ambulance, which was not discussed at all. all. Unless um, Alpha Bros for Jeff all day, every day. Jeff is very happy when his Alpha Bros get all, all the fucking power because the way that Austin has so much power right now is kind of sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Drew will compare this Kelly Bruce combo as a Sophie coach situation. Um, I think Bruce must have been seething listening to that and finding out he was just compared to coach. <laughs> Um, probably, but he is giving very coach energy. He's giving very coach And energy. I feel like Kelly being compared to Sophie is not terrible. That's pretty good. Not terrible, but I think that Kelly is doing herself a major disservice by not talking about the amulet. Like, the fact that it wasn't even brought up in discussion at all, she absolutely should have shared that information with all of the women, in my opinion, and then the target goes on to Austin. Austin has no idea. He's blindsided. And then now we have a boy out the game. And now, yep. and now the six of them can actually work together going forward. The fact that this didn't even come into anybody's mind is mind boggling to me. Because they all felt that Jake was the one that was going home. Now, in this Reba situation, what do the girls think? Julie would like Jake out. Dee wants to think about it as she doesn't feel it's 100 for her. But Drew is trying to reel the fish in and wants to bait them. He knows that Jake is a bit of a loose cannon and does he really want to give him a second chance? So who is it going to be? But we will find out soon enough. We're going to head to the hut hideout known as Tribal Council. 
we have arrived where Caleb is sitting there waiting for his friends and he's kind of gagged to see Bruce with safety. He's not happy either. He he was ready to hang out with Bruce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ten players left and Bruce would like to know the statistics on the person who doesn't have a vote but wins immunity so they can actually have some kind of relevance in the game. Jeff is going to play into Bruce's hand and be like, oh, you're it. Good for you, Bruce. You're a game changer. That was so gross. Boo, boo, stroke your ego more. What a fucking... Jeff wants to kick things off with rice negotiations where they are all still a little bit bitter. Evil Jeff unlocked. And Kendra's worried that he's about to take out another knife, but don't worry, he's not seafood. No Fear no machetes. (laughs) Four people had to sit out. Why did Drew step up? He says it didn't matter who was stepping up as long as the body stepped up and the rice stopped flowing. Jake says that altruism doesn't exist in Survivor. He says that there isn't a benefit or a negative to everything that you do. He will then start to lose his train of thought as he will mentally step out. And maybe this is a precursor of what's to come based on previous blackout spells. Listen, I've been there before. I'm also very old, so I forget things easily. Why do you think they kept in this Jake losing his thought process because i found it very fascinating i thought this was really interesting too and i i think that it's it actually kind of shows a human element again to like the show because sure because these people are not eating and you know they're like getting like 50 to 300 calories a day if that if they're lucky and it, it 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 makes sense that if you are in a high pressure situation and maybe you're not as articulate as some others that like m- m- your mind just goes put i think it's interesting i uh, i am going to be very interested to see whether or not jake can uh get over this like mental hurdle or not yeah Jake will then ask to make a pitch, and even his pitch is blanking, and this was so hard to watch. Like, this was mental exhaustion. Um, Jake will finally speak that he doesn't think dogpiling is fair in Survivor, and whoever is next from the bottom will be making the wrong move if they dogpile on him. Jake says that he stuck his neck out on the line for Caleb and tried to make a big swing. He was willing to go to rocks, but he missed. Kelly says he is making some good points and understands the balance between playing it safe and playing big moves. She thinks the hard thing is to find that line and thinks that Jake teetered on one side too fast. D, she's comfortable united with the vote, and Jake says that if it is eight votes on him, then someone is making a wrong move. He says it's shocking the amount of people who think they're safe at this point in the game. Katora says that Jake is making a variety of points. She says that he's a lawyer, his intellect is clear, I don't know if his intellect is that clear, Jakey, but she thinks he's trying to rally up some votes and get those who may feel that they are on the bottom or could be next and be nervous to do something differently. It's interesting that she brought up the lawyer part because we know earlier in the season, she was very much about pushing the lawyer narrative. Mm Do you think this is another bit to the narrative? Oh, absolutely. Of course. And no one knows she's a lawyer herself. Exactly, which is... I love it. Emily says that it's funny, as it's rare in the game of Survivor, that every single person is on the exact same page, so she thinks it's interesting that Jake is that concerned. She says history says that on Survivor, that rarely happens. So Emily kind of showed her cards there, and no one picked up on it. 
Kelly's going to look over at Jake as he says that he feels people are lying to him and feels like if it's him tonight, he says if there is a vote split, who is it getting split between? He says, and I quote, if I pull out my... And then he stops and says idle, and the ears are perking up as the eyes are darting. A slip-up or a calculated move? Well, I mean, obviously that was a calculated move because he doesn't have an idol. <laughs> Correct. Um, and I think that it was a poorly executed one at that. I agree. Jake will continue to say that if he pulls out an idol or plays the shot in the dark, the other person is a goner. Katora will react to his comment as it heightens the fear of you never know what is going to happen. She thinks Jake could have some tricks up his sleeves and you don't want to get hit with a stray bullet. It is time to vote. Jake will play a shot in the dark. He is not safe. It is not lightning striking twice. All votes for Jake will count. But by a vote of five to three, Kelly's voted out. What the hell, guys? Austin, Drew, D, Emily, Julie will vote for Kelly. Katora, Kendra, Kelly will vote for Jake. Let's talk about it. Was this the best move? And what did you think of Jake's reaction to Kelly's vote out? Pure shock and emotion, or did you think it was a little dirty? I feel like it was shock and emotion but i don't know if that's just yeah. me because i didn't see that coming like i really genuinely thought jake was i going. i agree i really thought jake was going i did i i i know that they were kind of hinting at kelly with her like pre like her statement from like way earlier in the episode but i wasn't expecting this at all i really wasn't i agree um, I know we talked about the Emily part of this and how this might have actually been a bad move on her part. I think it also puts a kind of nasty big target on Austin and Drew as the ones who kind of spearheaded this. Mm. Because yeah. the numbers are still 5-4 in the favor of the women. Right. If you still want to make the Women's Alliance a thing, it's still a possibility ability exactly um it was a very emotional vote out for sure oh yeah i was upset i was very upset i felt so bad for kelly's her. so sweet i like her i met her she's very very kind i liked her oh you met her when a couple weeks ago at the um our hap uh viewing of the show and the podcast it was a lot of fun i met a bunch of them i actually met all four or uh, three um bella ladies Oh. Um, I got to meet Bruce. I met, I got to meet the homosexual who quit. Um, Sifu. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was a fun time. That's so cute. Yeah. All right. I got some burning questions for you. Are you ready? Ready. What is Kelly's legacy? What is Kelly's legacy? Um, the favorite that never did. <laughs> Yeah, literally. I mean, it was one of those situations where I know there was no moment to eliminate Bruce because he was always safe. Mm -hmm. But this is the danger of having a very strong tribe. Like, you might be fucked in the long run. So exactly. in a way, do you kind of want to throw a challenge to make sure you get that one person out before you make the merge? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I They should have... <laughs> Who won the week? Who had the best episode? 
not necessarily the best strategic, but just the best visually overall, the winner of the week. Unfortunately, the winner this week was Bruce. Yeah, he did have a good episode. Fuck him. <laughs> I um, know. Drew had a good him. episode too. It was I hate them both. Come on. I know. Drew had a good episode too. Austin was very under the radar. D made that really big move and was also kind of under the radar. Um, and I think that this was probably not Katura's shining moment. Um and and I think that Emily had a couple few slip-ups on her part, but Bruce, unfortunately, was the winner of this episode this week. Who's in danger, girl? I think that... I think that this week, it's probably going to be Bruce and Jake again in the hot seats. And I think that Katura is also probably going to find herself in the hot seat somehow. So here's where I'm going. I think Drew and Austin are potentially very much in danger because you want to flush out Bruce's idol and you also want Jake gone. So you have to split the vote between the four Bellow and Emily. So there's a three, two there. Right. If the other four all band together and say, we're putting all our votes on, let's say Drew, Drew's gone. Yeah, right. Because the only way he can't be gone is if Austin plays his idol for him or he plays the shot in the dark, which then still ruins the numbers of a split vote. I could see the four bellows having to work together to save their all their own asses, which would be really a cool story arc to see Katora have to work with Bruce this week. Uh-huh. But it's possible that's the only way for one of them to not go home. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They have to flush. Who knows what's going to happen? They have to flush out Bruce's idol. And Bruce is probably going to be here for one more week. And yeah, this Uh, would all make sense if it was a normal vote out for the next option for tribal. But we learn it's not going to be a normal merge tribal because the next challenge will result in three players without a vote. Right. Is this just too many twists? It. Maybe, maybe, maybe it just, I, I feel like in, in, you can't play the strategy properly because what I just pointed out is a brilliant strategy for the four who are technically in the minority. Right. This could just turn like, what if the, the shakeup is you have, um, let's say Drew D and Julie all in the same losing tribe. Well, you lost three votes there and you're really royally fucked. I like it for the minority to have power again. I just don't like it as the game of Survivor as a classic Survivor lover. Right. Absolutely. I think that I think that there are it, it it's almost like they're throwing way too many things at the wall, in my opinion. And I really yeah. think that they they absolutely should step back a little bit. I like once you hit the merge, I would really much rather the game be played. Let the game play. You know, let the game play. I agree. That way. All right. After eight episodes, the winner of the season is the winner of the season. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's probably going to be, uh, I think it's Kendra or D. I would love it to be Katora because I've still stuck with Katora. I think it's D at this point. Like D's really not having anything negative thrown her way, and she's been on a good 
trajectory. So yep. all I want is a woman to win this season. That's really all I care about. I am totally cool with a woman winning this season. In fact, I would love for it to be a woman considering the odds are stacked against the men this season. So I'm here for it. I am here, I'm for, here it. for it. All right. Where can we find you on social media, Venmo, and any projects you want to plug, Mr. DJ? Venmo. I love that. Well, my Venmo is Quentin-Ellis. Um, Q-U-E-N-T-O-N-Ellis. We'll start there. Um, uh, you can find me on social media at Avenue Quentin. Quentin spelled Q-U-E-N-T-O-N. Um, I actually did just host my first DJ set outside my apartment on my roof um, last this weekend, and it was fabulous. And we'll be doing a whole lot more of those in the spring once the weather is nice again. Um, and you can also find me on TikTok at Avenue Quentin as well. Um, and uh, eventually I will release music under a new band name, but I don't have all the details on that yet. So I'm not going to do that right now, but follow along and you'll see it soon. Follow along on the socials and you'll find me there. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here. You're the best. Thank you, Michael. This has been so much fun as always. I'm glad we did this episode. What a great episode to talk about. 